Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. Get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. I just want to begin by saying, you know, first passing Senate Bill 2, we had, uh, you know, we were able to get across the finish line a bill that returns a billion back, billion dollars back to Hoosiers. Um, and, and that was huge, uh, provided the necessary inflation relief to battle back against, you know, what the terrible economic policies in, in Washington, D.C. So we were thrilled to do that while offering strong supports for, for women and children and then having the uh, uh, opportunity to continue to, you know, invest money. And, and pay down the, the pre-96 fund. So, uh, you know, we're blessed to be in a strong financial position. We continue to see that grow. And, and you know, I would, you know, I, I'm pleased to say, and, you know, we grew 4.3% population, I believe, over the last 10 years. We're the fastest growing state in the Midwest, and, and we'll continue down that path. In regards to Simba 1, I just want to say, you know, Winnie McNamara um, on Saturday just stepped up and did a phenomenal job. She was... Uh, uh, incredible leader. You saw how she led the committee, uh, the, the discussions the last two days on the floor, and uh, couldn't be any prouder. Wendy, Peggy, Joanna, and the entire team that, that worked on it. So with that, we'll take questions. So what happens next? So obviously, some substantial changes in the Senate. Uh, what do you expect to happen next? Well, ultimately, it's up to the Senate. Uh, you know, I think judging from what I understand, they'll take up two motions that concur, and we'll see how those motions go. I know you spoke about the Kansas referendum yesterday, and you did point out that that's another state. Uh, but after we heard barely any support for this bill in public testimony, how are you so sure that this bill is what the majority of Hoosiers want? Yeah, we heard support. I mean, uh, there were doctors here. There were women here. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, it wasn't as if there was, you know, we didn't hear support. We got a letter the other day from 100 plus doctors. I mean, you know, so, so again, there was support. I understand there's a wide range of opinion. You heard it today. You heard it from uh, members that thought we went too far to members that we thought went, we didn't go far enough. And uh, credit to, to Wendy and, and what she did and her leadership to get us, I think, to a really good place. If the Senate doesn't concur, do you want to go to conference committee or just wait until January? Uh, do I want to go to the conference committee, Brandon? Uh, we, I, I, I'm sure we'll have those discussions. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens tonight. You've seen how fired up a lot of these uh, people are against this bill. We saw what happened in Kansas. Are you concerned at all this could backfire in November? You know, we've we've talked about the fact that you know voters have an opportunity to vote, and if, if they're displeased, they'll have that opportunity both uh, in November and uh, and in future years. So uh, you know, you, you come down here and you make the best decisions that you believe are uh, for public policy. You know, what was it that uh, got some of those lawmakers who wanted to get rid of the rape and incest exceptions change their mind? What did, what did you do? You mean on the final vote? Final vote, yeah. You know, I think uh, ultimately they're looking at the opportunity for 99% of abortions in the state of Indiana uh, 
to to be eliminated one way or the other. And um, I feel very strongly um, that they felt that as well and probably changed their mind, but I can't really speak for them. Representative, is Indiana pre adequately prepared for thousands of more women to be forced to give birth? This particular bill, along with Senate Bill 2, provides all sorts of resources for mothers and children, and I feel that uh, with those additional dollars going to those families, uh, we are prepared. Do you know how much funding that's going to require in the next budget? I mean, we've got several task force, uh, and in fact, in my bill itself, has the maternal uh, maternity rate uh, review in there, and um, so I can only imagine, um, based on data and information that we receive between now and then, there are all things that we can look at and, and um, invest in. Several members spoke of their own faith, and some Democrats expressed discomfort with how faith was being invoked. Do you share their concerns? What role do you think that played in this debate? You know, I think faith comes into every debate on every substantive issue. And uh, uh, I thought today, through Wendy's leadership on Tuesday, yesterday, and today, that it was a public policy discussion. I mean, obviously, there are lots of fundamental uh, uh, or components that, that impact that. But I think, you know, the conversation was around public policy. I think it began with, with the way Wendy led things on Tuesday, and it continued that way throughout the week. Obviously, Bob. There are some religious faiths that, or the Jewish faith, Islamic faith, that have a different belief in when the fetus is viable. Do you worry about any sort of religious lawsuits take place at the First Amendment or under Indiana's Religious Freedom Act? I, I think we all expect a lawsuit, so we'll, you know, we pass the legislation, we'll let the courts decide. After the Supreme Court decision to give this authority back to the states, what do you feel this legislation, if it becomes law, accomplishes for Indiana? It makes Indiana one of the most pro-life states in the nation. It accomplishes good public policy that already exists. And that was what we feel very firmly about and confident in is the fact that we used existing law, existing code that has gone through the judicial system and been tested and tried true. And that gives us confidence that this policy is the right policy. Um, because the courts have already looked at it. And I think uh, we've landed in a great place and good policy for the state of Indiana. Why didn't you guys choose to uh, adopt any of those amendments that would have put it to the ballot? We saw that that was somewhat of a success in Kansas, which has a similar makeup of a legislature as we do here. Indiana is not a referendum state. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.